0: Welcome to Crane's Corner News and Comment, supported in part by American River Flooring and Painting. Today's story, right after this. You sometimes feel like you're time traveling? It's 2021, but if your home looks like it's 1989, head right over to see my friends at American River Flooring and Painting in Fair Oaks, and it is the one stop store for home decor. Whether you need new flooring, carpeting, window treatments, or painting, or all of the above, one call can do it all. Mention you heard me, Ed Crane, and take 25% off area rugs. Call American River Flooring and Painting. Their number is 916 961 6100 or online at AmericanRiverFlooring.com. The National Collective sigh of relief, the sense that good had triumphed over evil, the news that inner cities across America would not burn tonight. It was over in a sense before it began. Because a short time before the jury verdict in the Derek Chauvin case was delivered, a trifecta of guilt in the killing of George Floyd, another black person in another city, would be killed by police. The two incidents were radically different, but both tragic in their own right. George Floyd was unarmed. He was no choir boy, but he did not deserve death or his alleged crime of passing a bogus $20 bill to buy a pack of smokes last Memorial Day. He was in trouble physically, with a heart condition that was worsening because he'd ingested what experts described as a lethal cocktail of drugs. But he died, gasping for breath, calling for his mother. As a then-cop, Derek Chauvin used his knee as a weapon, placing it on the man's neck for more than nine minutes, while three other cops inexplicably watched and allowed it to happen. No, it was a far different story in Columbus, a story told in about 13 seconds of video, video from a police officer's body cam. It's chaotic and sad and a little bit shocking to watch. Police are called to a Columbus neighborhood as a chaotic scene unfolds. Several teens are involved in an altercation. One is thrown to the ground by a young woman, later identified as Micaiah Bryant. In her hand is a knife. In a matter of seconds, Micaiah Bryant wields the knife in the direction of another young woman. We hear police yell, get on the ground, get on the ground. And then shots are fired, maybe four of them. Lethal force that prevents a young woman from being stabbed while ending the life of her would-be assailant, another young woman. As I tell this story, it's been just 24 hours. Not enough time for a full investigation, not enough time to determine right or wrong, justified police work or criminal behavior, but more than enough time to see it's a tragedy and a horrible chain of events. What we do need to do, commonly, is ask a lot of questions. What compelled the 16-year-old to grab a knife and try to use it? This happened at a foster home under the control of Franklin County Protective Services which in this case offered very little in the way of protective services. Why? We know from listening to the interim police chief and know from other tragedies that police use deadly force to stop deadly force and that they're trained to aim at the body, not the legs or the arms or the hands. The odds of bullets missing those targets are high. The odds of bullets missing a small target and hitting an innocent person are a big consideration. Could the girl have been tased instead of shot? Would a firm strike of a police nightstick have accomplished the mission? inflicting injury but not death why did we not hear police yell drop the knife or drop the knife or i'll shoot or i have a gun or anything that might have registered with micaiah bryant who with adrenaline coursing through her veins and emotions fear anger not to mention that roller coaster ride of feelings that come with being a teen with being a black teen abandoned by parents into the rough and tumble world of foster care It's too early to play Monday morning quarterback. It's not too early to mourn the loss of a young life or withhold judgment on a public servant who made a difficult no-win decision to save a life by taking another. Because the officer is white and the victim was black, some will file this as just another example of a racist cop killing a black perp. The view here is it's a multi-layered tragedy and another example of why being a police officer can be one of the most draining, difficult, and loneliest jobs in the world. Thanks for listening to Crane's Corner news and comment. If you like our short messages, you'll love our full-length podcast. So be sure to subscribe, like, and give us a positive review. And thanks again for listening to Crane's Corner. I'm Ed Crane. Crane's Corner is produced by MultiPoint Content Strategies and Hear Me Now Studios, Sacramento, California. Executive Producer Jeff Holden. To learn more about what we do or how to support our content, connect with us at the website edcranescorner.com.